Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. In Nishmas Ruzlin Bas, Rachelchana, Ezra, Shimon, Ben Yitzchak, Mash Bas Yitzchak. Pashas Nosei. Lift up the heads of the Jews. Lift up the head. Very hard. Very, very hard. Unfortunately, people have a tendency, if anything, to put down. To put down others. To try to capitalize on the shortcomings of others to try to benefit for their own selfless needs and they seemingly sometimes succeed obviously causing much strife much pain to others but they gained it was to their benefit it was to their whatever they think it was then we have those that say realistically speaking me'oni me'chayeni matzikeni who am I? who am I? I've been subjected to so and so much pain, so much hurt. Maybe I deserved it. Maybe I had it coming to me. A dear friend of mine yesterday, Shliach Tabavoyel, and held a lot of other very, very high positions, set up a lot of things, organizations out in France, etc., helping the Russian Jews since a little boy, living in Russia. Was sitting in, was in shul, just sat down and passed away. The Yezabir Amisha. We don't know what, when, where, We have our mission on this world. We need to persevere and we need to see to it that we do to our best ability and capacity fulfilling Hashem's will.
questions asked. Am I an only Jew? It's millions of Jews. God needs things done for him. There's angels, there's malachim. And this fellow came to his Rebbe once and asked the Rebbe just that question. What is my Aveda lacking to Hashem? He has so many other people in Sadiqim like yourself, he says to the Rebbe. What do you need me? Why does he need my prayers? Why does he need my davening, my learning? Look how inferior my davening is to this person's davening. My learning. I barely can read. I try to do in English whatever I can. How could it possibly have value to God? So he asked the fellow, the Rebbe asked the fellow, I don't know which Rebbe it was. What do you do for a living, my friend? And the fellow says, I'm a painter, I'm an artist. You're an artist? Are you a connoisseur in art? He says, yeah. Verstehst the painting? He says, of course. Says, uh, describe to me, please, the most beautiful picture you've seen, painting you've seen. The artist's eyes lit up. Now you're talking my language. This is my, this is where I'm comfortable. And he started to describe a sunset. A sunset to die for. A painting of this gorgeous ocean blue and a clear, clear sky and the sun setting and the rays across the water. How captivating, how beautiful it was. That was listening with unmeasured interest or so it seemed and the artist seeing how his audience is captivated, he keeps going and describing every color of every sun ray that's coming across you could literally sit and do yoga over here, this is, I mean, this is the most peaceful, serene air place you could ever have you could feel, it's tangible you could feel how gorgeous this is When he finishes, Rebbe asks him one more question about this painting, which got him even more excited. The painting it sold, right? He says, of course. He says, for how much? He says, five million dollars. Rebbe's eyes almost popped out of his head. This I was not expecting. Five. <laughs> He had to hold himself in from laughing. Five million dollars for a painting. It sounds gorgeous. Rebbe, you don't understand the detail, the beautiful rays, the colors, the this, the other. 
five million dollars. I can understand it's only ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, hundred thousand. Five million dollars? Buy myself a camera for a thousand dollars and take the same picture. We'll capture every single ray and every color. I was mortified. Mortified. Never. Can you think, you think even for a moment we can compare a camera shot to an artist's painting? And I was a little baffled. So do you really think he would not, he cannot take a reproduction, he cannot reproduce this very same scene with a camera? With the push of a little button? Just setting it up just right on the right angle? Never. Never. You, 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 you're, you're not there. You're not, you're not, you gotta understand, Rebbe. An artist puts painstaking hours into this painting. Days and weeks and months to watch this painting go into fruition, to watch this painting unfold before his very eyes. And the chances that an artist will be producing exactly to 100% to the Q, to the T, of what he planned on painting is minuscule. And if the brush stroke a little, you're not talking about a foot off, a centimeter off, the whole value could be just shattered. Someone's brought a, a, a model of the Bissamigdash to the Rebbe by dollars. It's a famous video. And he made it, he told the Rebbe that he took all the measurements that are brought down in Rambam, Shulchanarach, and Novi. He made exactly each thing to that measurements on a scale. In other words, an Amma in his thing was a, a centimeter, whatever it was. So therefore, it was a ten amas high, according to Teda. He made it ten centimeters high, each centimeter representing an amma, for example. And he says, I've worked on this for years. And here it is. Everything is, I literally measured and remeasured and remeasured. He stood in front of the Rebbe with this beautiful, beautiful model. It wasn't Lego. And the Rebbe said, I believe, I don't remember exactly which part, I think it was the ramp on the Mizbeach was a centimeter off. Or less than a centimeter off. I don't recall if the man actually took out a measuring thing and measured on the spot or not but the Rebbe was actually indeed correct there was this slightest, slightest everything was perfect there was that one slight to the eye of the Rebbe would I see it? would you see it? I don't think so 
I highly doubt it for that matter. The Rebbe is a connoisseur of what the Besamidish has to look like. So exactly how many and what. An artist, therefore, the same. If you had one wrong stroke with that brush, not, like I said, not a full length of the canvas, just an iota of a dot, the artist, the fellow artist will notice the flaw. Thereby, just knocking your whole your whole value to the ground. The Rebbe listens to him. Ten, five million dollars, he says. The painting sold for five million dollars. He says, yeah. The Rebbe says to him, do you hear what you just explained to me? Did you hear how you explained that every little drop of paint and every brush stroke, stretch and brush stroke, every little dab, etc., is precise and is detrimental and beneficial at the same time? Yes. Says the Abish that created a world the same way. Every word of Taylor that's studied, every word of Tefillah that's recited, has that value. Has that value that takes you to a whole, that takes you to part of the master plan itself. And therefore, You cannot doubt your part in the master plan. You cannot throw shadows, questions on what Hashem wants from each and every Jew. This is exactly what Hashem wants. This is how Hashem wants it to be. Hashem wants that every single Mitzvah, every single word of Tefillah, every single word of Tehillim is valued by Hashem. Not just valued, but this fills in the whole picture, makes it a picture at home. So yes, you might pronounce or mispronounce a word. You might not be as proficient in your studies you might not be able to learn 
as well as others. You might not do the mitzvahs the way others do. You might think, I'm off a little bit. I don't know exactly what I'm doing anyway. I'll leave this mitzvah alone. I'll leave this mitzvah out. Tells us Teda. Nosa Yisraish. Lift up. Lift up that head. And understand proudly whatever it is that you're doing. Whatever mitzvah you're applying yourself to. Whatever mitzvah you're completing, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes it as a treasure and accepts it as a treasure. So much so that that's just as important in the chain that's just important, a link in the chain as it is for anyone else that's doing it in the umpteenth way, in the umpteenth level, in the way that they know the best and that they do the best. Generally, we read Pashas Nasai after the Chag of Matan Teda Shivois. And therefore, the name of the Parsha, as we just said, has a tremendous praiseworthy how do you use the expression? out of words praiseworthy fashion to raise up this person now the Tata was given to Bnei Yisrael we reach as we just said before we achieve elevation to this extent if you're keeping score at home, the Yemad Psachim Samachas Amad Beis tells us that Rabbi Yosef Haya Eirech Seuda Chagigas Bechagashuos. Yosef used to set up a beautiful meal, the holiday of Shuos. Vaya Emeni would say, "Im loyayim azef not for this day. Come, Yosef Haya Beshuk. How many Yosefs would there be in the marketplace?" And Rashi explains, if not for the day today, the merit that we learn Teda and that the Teda elevates us, there'd be everyone the same, even if everyone had the name Yasef, there'd be no difference between this Yasef and that Yasef. Worthwhile mention. Note to talking about. If not for this day, the day Tesivan is 
my parents' wedding anniversary as well. And although they're not physically celebrating in this world, I'm sure they're celebrating the Maila. And we have to make that proud moment for them. The fact that they, Baruch Hashem, Zeichel, to be married, to raise all of us as their children. They see a lot of nachas from us, from our children, from our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, etc. While the Yidin was standing in Hasinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu appointed us and said, Kal Yisrael, you're now Mamleches Kianim Vigay Kaddish. I'm crowning you as children of princes, Kehanim, and a holy nation. And this therefore brought them to a very big mile, to a very big level, high level. And this is felt through Tera. So when a Jew learns Tera, through the Tera, the Jews learning, Tera causes to elevate the person from all physical restraints, all physical mundane things in the world. The special maila of learning Tera, even greater than doing mitzvahs, isn't that through learning Tera we cause we create a unity complete unity between the Seichel of a person and the Chachma of Hashem which are all intertwined and enclosed within Tera When the person's seichel, intellect, understands the thoughts, the tater thoughts, it creates a certain completion, a complete connection to the seichel anushi, the human seichel, and the godly Chachma. And this raises up the person to the highest possible level. This elevation that we achieve through the Teda creates to an extent that essence between the Jew and God. When the Jew learns Teda, not just learning, understanding this subject matter, etc., 
but rather we are attaching two separate entities and binding them one with the other, intertwining one with the other. The nisham of a Jew, as we know, is a chelik elikam imal mamish, part of God Himself. And the teda is the bridge between the author, sorry, is a bridge between the neshama, the godly neshama, and God. And therefore, learning Teda causes to a Jew the situation, the level of Nosai Esrish. Raising up the head. The head is the top, utmost top part of a body. And of course, the most important one of all the organs. Although we see, we know of many people that live without heads. But that's a total different experiment. In general, on the general basis, the person needs the head to live. having the head to live person can function and can master what they need to know and how they need to behave in between how they need to overcome emotion just like it brings about emotion you can't have emotion if you don't have a mind there's the same emotion generally comes from the heart but that the mind controls over the heart and we can control our emotions and when we sometimes have a predicament that we are trying to in, weave, in and out, weave in and out of the mind is the one that dictates and directs us to the right direction And therefore, this way, thereby the Jew elevates above all the different restraints of the world. And this is therefore the elevation we received by Matan Teira. Where the, after that comes Pasha's Nasi. And the emphasis is put fully in addition to the fact that we went through Matan also the greatness of each and every Jew from the Kirk that he has being a part of Mamlechah's Kern in the Great Kaddish thereby comes the actual emphasis, another emphasis on the Siyas Reish 
of B'nai Levi. The raising up the heads of the B'nai Levi, as we know, anyone that was Nidva Ruchai for them, and was able to stand and serve before Hashem. This was the level of the Shevet Levi. So a Jew cannot be satisfied in the, when it comes to holiness, the Kedusha, to elevation, basic elevation of the Jewish religion, as you want to call it. The way of life as it really is. And we therefore need to strive on a constant basis, whether we are toiling with a maimer, whether we are reading word for word in our chumash, whatever it is, whatever struggle we are going through and doing, we need to strive and remember Avinu Sheva Shemaim, our Father in Heaven. And we are part of his legion of Kahanim. And not only part of it, and not only does a person have to remember it, the person needs to sanctify oneself by Limit Atera and therefore merits the Nesiyah Resh in addition to the total unification with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And thereby, the Evishta is engraved in our mind, within our Seichel. And the Seichel becomes the Seichel of Teda, Seichel of Chachmas Hashem. And therefore, a person elevates his connection itself with godliness and holiness. And then he stands higher than the world and its boundaries. And this is therefore to lift up the head of each and every Jew. One of the mainstay attributes that a Jew has is emuna. Emuna, belief in God. Belief that everything is done for the best, because so God wants it to be. And we rack our brains. And we toss and we turn. The hardest possible thing that one can do, that one can achieve, is true emuna. They even have jokes about it. <laughs> Believing in God. Man fell off a cliff. He was holding on to a branch. He was dangling, looking down at a 10,000 foot drop. And he cries out to Hashem, help, please, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, help me. 
uh, this with this prayer he envisioned God's hand swooping him up and putting him back on the cliff. He's calling out again and again, Akalish Baruch, please help. I am a faithful servant. Please help me. He hears the heavenly voice. Do you believe in me? And the fellow screams, Of course I believe in you. I believe a hundred percent in you. Hashem Echad Echad. Do you have complete and total faith in me? So I have the com- most complete and total faith in everything that they wish Baruch says, Good. Leave go of the branch. The guy, did I just hear what you just said? My ears are on? I mean, leave go of the branch. It's a 10,000 foot drop. See, he doesn't want to argue with God. His next reaction is, is there anybody else up there that can help me? Do you believe in Hashem? Do you have that complete belief in Hashem? Or do you always say, I believe until the door. The Al-Sheikh HaKadosh was once talking to his disciples and told them about Amunah Pshuta. Complete and total selfless Amunah belief in Hashem. One of the simpletons heard this and he heard how serious the al was that one needs to believe completely in Hashem he said I'm not taking Hashem to task I'm not giving a test to Hashem but I don't have to work obviously because Hashem is going to support me I am going to go to Yibesh and sit and learn all day. And thereby doing what I have to, having faith that Hashem will, be, will take care of me. Man had a horse and buggy. He sold his horse and buggy. His wife was saying, what are you doing? I'm going to sit now and learn Teda and Aveda, Davin and learn all day long and Hashem will take care of us she says, but that's not the the norm, that's not the way it works people go out and they work and they Hashem, and in a spare time they learn but you can't not support the family <coughs> told his wife I have complete faith Hashem will take care of it. For a while, they lived off the money that they sold the horse and buggy for. It was dwindling down. It was getting close to nothing. And the wife turns to the husband again. She begs him and pleads with him, please go back to work. How are we going to eat this week? How are we going to eat Shabbos? How are we going to be able to live? How are the children going to have... 
I'm learning I'm seriously sitting and learning Teda I believe completely Hashem will support us fast forward or not fast forward change frames let's find the horse <laughs> the horse that he sold with his buggy horse and the buggy are out by a mountain foot of a mountain and the guy that bought them, the Gentile that bought them, was about to take out of the mountain this magnificent, big, large stone that would be it would bring in tremendous amounts for him for construction. And he's hewing the stone, and he finally gets the stone out before he puts it even onto the wagon. He sees the hole that he created this glistening. He gives a look closer and he sees diamonds. The cave is full of diamonds. So he starts taking handfuls of these diamonds and putting it onto the wagon. The wagon has a substantial amount of diamonds, but <laughs> somebody has a hundred, one's two hundred. And that was not sufficient for him what he had. So he went in deeper into the cave. As he went into the cave, he upset something. Until now, the, obviously, this big boulder that he pulled out was holding up. And the entire clave, cave and part of the mountain caved in on him and buried him alive. An hour, two hours, this guy's not getting out. Horse checks his hoof, sees what time it is. He's got to eat, I'm hungry. The horse wasn't the young horse that was just starting out. It was a groomed horse. And the horse remembered the route to the house of the owner. He doesn't know the guy sold him. He didn't sell him. That's very sad. He knows that this is his balabas. And he walks his way back to the house of the Yid. And he brings him this wagon full of diamonds the amount of wealth that he couldn't su- that could support generations. And so this man, Zemun Abshuta, didn't pay off. Don't use the expression, it paid off. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not remain in debt. The man had complete Amunah. And the Chassidim went back to the Alshech. He said, we believe in everything the Rebbe has told us. We always believe in everything the Rebbe says. We believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu full-heartedly. Why did such wealth never land in our laps? Ha, said the Alshech. When I talk about Amun Abshuda, and I talk about how one needs to totally embrace and leave in God that sustenance will come. I don't say it as a questionnaire. I don't open a debate with it. And yet, people always have questions. You always have questions. Does it mean this? Does it mean that? Do I have to believe this way? Do I have to believe that way? This fellow had no questions. 
He heard me say that we need to believe in Hashem. Hashem will take care of us. That was enough for him. And he sat learning, no questions asked, with total and complete faith that HaKadosh Baruch will take care of him. And so as we said, HaKadosh Baruch does not remain in, in debt. And HaKadosh Baruch saw to it that he was fully compensated for his effort and compensated for him, for his children, for his generations to come with a very, very wealthy um, bounty. The Pasha called Nasai, which also ultimately, ultimately discusses all the karbanis, the sacrifices the Nasim brought. When it came to the dedication of the Holy Temple, each Nasi, each head of a tribe, prince of each tribe, brought sacrifices. Basically the sacrifices were the same for each one, but the Tera enumerates each one on a separate as a separate entity. On this day came this Nasi and he brought. And this day this Nasi and he brought and it gives the exact list of what he brought. Doesn't say Ditto what he did. Each time it mentions the full list teaching us the value of each and every word of Teda, teaching us the value of each and every sacrifice that they brought. And ultimately, it finishes off with the last of the sacrifices and dedication. And then we know that on Hanukkah, this is read on Hanukkah for the days of Hanukkah, for the last Aliyah, the last day of Hanukkah, they read also, Baha'u'llah is the next parasha. Because that was Aaron's participation in the dedication but prior to that in today's Chitas Taylor talks about Ish Ish Kisiste Ishtay and we spoke about throughout the weeks of, of Svira between Pesach and Shavuos about the Isha Seita the husband had a suspicion on the wife and warns her Altistri and Mishplani don't go hidden, go, go, go into a private place with this person and she went against his decree and the punish, subsequent punishment we know of course that Ish and Isha as well is symbolized between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu the husband, Am Yisrael the wife. And therefore, this same concept of Seita falls upon each and every Jew. And just like the husband throws the jealousy on the wife, same thing HaKadosh Baruch Hu does so to Knesset Yisrael and warns each and every Jew You better not have any kind of other gods or worship that you want to worship before me. 
Don't go off the path. Just like the husband warns the wife to stay on the right and the straight and narrow and remain only faithful to him, so too does Akadish Baruch. Unfortunately, it's not a very clear warning. How do we hide from God? A woman could hide from her husband. How do we hide from God? We know the whole world is filled with his honor, his glory. And even says, In Yirmi it's brought down, tell him as well. Can a person hide and I won't see him? And we also know from Tikkun Izeyar, There's nowhere that's empty, void of godliness. How, therefore, thereby, can one hide from God? Only one way. When a Jew is a Balgaiva, Hori, a Hori person, if you keep keeping score at home, the Gemara and say to him and Aleph, we just finished the Masechta, mm-hmm. and it says, he quotes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we cannot coexist. I, with the man that has gaiva, cannot coexist. As if even if it's not shown and Hashem explains the passage if a person has a feeling that Ani I am an entity and they have Gaivas, Gaiva and Yeshus does not see him he's just non-existent he becomes a non-entity and this is what we do so what is it therefore that we do in such a situation mm-hmm. what do we do in such a situation we look at the, the, what, the, what the laws involved in Saita tell us The Gemara Yerushalmi, if you keep your score at home, the Gemara is different. Sanhedrin, Peri Ches, Allah Kavov. 
The Mary Shami says, if the husband forgives the wife on the fact that he accused her, as long as they did not erase the Megillah that was written, If a Jew finds a situation the Megillah does not get erased, this is enough to forgive him. To get to achieve God's forgiveness. Let us concentrate the essence of the erasing and from this we understand how it's possible to be guaranteed that it will never come to erasing. What does the erasing do? It removes the letters from the parchment. And thereby, it reveals that even before this, there were the letters and there was a separate entity, the Megillah. the parchment and therefore you can't erase it if it was one entity they would not separate one for the other so if it's engraved and not written on with ink it becomes one Matthias with the stone which is engraved and therefore it can never be erased and they also have told the story on how many times about the two friends they were walking along a beach all of a sudden one decided turns around and slaps the other one in the face shocked he heard him friend takes a little stick that he was carrying and he writes in the sand today my friend hit me They go a little further, and the friend does it again. And again he writes in the sand, my friend hit me. Third time they walked another distance, and he does it again. And once again he engraves in the sand. And they get towards a very um, secluded spot on the beach, and a big wave comes along, and pulls this fellow out to sea. He's caught off guard, he's flailing, he's drowning. The slapper <laughs> runs out into the water and pulls his friend in and saves him. When the fellow recuperates, he takes a knife out of his pocket. And he engraves in the stone, Today my friend saved me. he says this you put in the sand and this you put in the, in the stone he says it's very simple when you slap me you hurt me at the moment I might have been upset however just like the wave comes over this whatever I wrote and erases it that's how I should remember what you did to me I'll remember it as long as it's written
once it gets erased, I don't remember it. However, when you saved my life, this I can never forget. And it's engraving in a stone in a way that it can never be erased. And so too, the difference in letters of Teda that are written, which makes them separate, the ink and the cloth, and therefore they can be erased. Whereas if they're engraved, they become one. And thereby never being able to be erased. So therefore the idea, the thought process here is, it shouldn't be written letters which can separate, which can become off of the cloth, but rather engraved letters. That have become one with the stone. And this therefore binds us with Teda, and the bond of Teda needs to be in a way of unity, so much so that it's impossible to erase. It's impossible to erase the person from the letters. In that case, therefore, even if something goes into the heart of the person that should not go, forgiveness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is Rav Lesleach, is always there. But if you did erase the Megillah, if the Teda and the Jew, are two separate entities, and thereby the haughtiness takes away the truth of the Jew from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then he has to act like the Saita, who brought them in Chesedim, which is the food of an animal. Again, if you keep his score at home, it's going to say to Yedalim and Aleph. And the person has to know and understand they need to be an Ani Bedas, as the Gemara, if you keep his score at home, the Dorim, Mem Aleph and Aleph, 41 side 1. The person needs to be smarter than all this, but yet understand the humility of his knowledge just like the behemoth has no knowledge and has to awaken within his nefesh, within his soul an inner feeling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and therefore as we know by doing tshuva makim shbali tshuva eindim tzadikim imunim mechen eine chilim lamed sham ki miskoron yimara brachas lamed dalad lamed beiz and therefore we should all be merit to do tshuva shleima and through our tshuva shleima be forgiven, Shlema, become one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Zecher to Binya Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi, Ayidei Mashiach Tzadkenu, this very Shabbos, and we should all be elevated to the proper level in which we deserve.